when in reality, you're only powerful when you're in Christ Jesus. And that's only because he empowers you or he works through you, he flows through you. And that happens because you are a willing vessel, not because you deserve it, because he loved you before we loved him. In fact, I'll go one step further. We were enemies of God. Wow. We were enemies of God. And I thought I had it all together, Brother George. Thought I had it all together. And the whole time I was blinded by my own actions, my own sin, my own decision, my own choices in life. I was blinded because of me. But once God revealed himself to me, amen, he empowered me to get me out of the way so he could step in, so he could direct my steps, so he could remove yes. the darkness, amen, by his light. That's why we worship. That's why we praise God. Because we've been liberated by the power of Jesus Christ, by the power of his blood. We've been set free, praise God. That's why we dance. That's why we lift our hands. That's why we praise God. And that only happens, Brother George, by a revelation of who he is and what he's done. Who he is and what he's done. Because the fact of the matter is, none of us could do it on our own strength. Nobody, me, you, anybody, could do this on their own strength. It takes the power of God. And the only way that we can have that power is through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Mm. To release us from spiritual leprosy. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't we lift our hands? I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I surrender all, Jesus. God, I am nothing without you, Lord Jesus. But you've opened the door to salvation, God, for me. You've made this opportunity open, God, for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He came to seek and save those that are lost. He came to seek 
and save those that are lost. Amen. I did not pursue God. God pursued me. God initiated the relationship that I now enjoy with Him. Amen. I don't ever want to take that for granted. Amen. I don't ever want to push it to the side. Praise God. I want to open myself up to God. I want to pour out the content. Amen. That is within me. Let it flow so others can be affected. Amen. Praise God. What a good God we serve. What an awesome God we serve. Amen. We had a wonderful time during fireworks. Amen. Appreciate everybody that came. I appreciate all the prayers. Amen. Thank you so very much for all the help, all the way from the cooking to stopping in to praying. Amen. Every aspect of God's kingdom is important and it's vital. Praise God. And we appreciate it so much. We made, if I'm not mistaken, about $8,500. 88, $8,000. Praise God. And that's awesome. Amen. Give us a hand clap of praise. thought I seen 85, amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, amen, let's turn to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 40. Brother Jerry, why don't you come up here? We're going to pray for Brother Jerry today. Amen. If you could stretch your hands towards my brother here, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, restore my brother's body, God. Remove the pain, remove the affliction, God. We claim this in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Chapter 10, verse 38 through 40. Amen. It's good to have our visitors here. Amen. Why don't we give them a hand clap? We pray that it's not time here. Amen. The Bible says in Luke chapter 10 verse 38 through 40 it says now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered 
about much serving. She was distracted. And came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord, I pray that you anoint these lips of clay this morning, Lord. I pray for the ears of the hearer, Lord. I ask you, God, to help us, bring us understanding, God. Let your anointed word fall on the ears that they might hear, that the ears might be opened, and that your word could come alive in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. probably won't go very deep into this story and to be frank with you we could probably draw a lot of thoughts from this setting of scripture But I want to try to bring a point out to us this morning. In reading our story, it talks about three individuals. They lived in a they lived in a town called Bethany. Bethany was approximately a mile and a half, mile and a half from Jerusalem. And what's interesting about this small village is that there are two names that are associated with this small town called Bethany. The first one is this phrase, unfulfilled potential unripened grapes, something that hasn't come to maturity. The second one is a a miserable place, a place of sadness. And when you think about these words, these these descriptions of these names, it really describes a state or condition of something. Another interesting fact about Bethany is it faced away from Jerusalem. Jerusalem really means a place of peace. Peace. 
place of peace. And this is where Lazarus and Mary and Martha lived. Lazarus lived here with his two sisters. And in this story, we see three lives that were affected by Jesus. They were influenced by Jesus. They were moved by the actions of Jesus. The first person we want to look at is Martha. I love Martha. Martha is described as a worker, a servant. When we look at the actions of Martha, Martha is often looked upon as someone that that has a heart of a servant, but, but she lacked in something very important, and that was the zeal for worship. The zeal for worship. Now, we don't know if she never worshiped God. I believe she did. I believe she was influenced. I believe she was impacted. But that isn't the point that I'm trying to get us to see, amen, because Every one of these individuals had important qualities about them. In fact, could it be true that Mary was just as guilty as Martha was? Did Mary have a heart of worship but lack in servanthood? Two important qualities, servanthood and worship. The truth of the matter is that regardless where we are in God, what we set as a priority in the kingdom of God, we must have a balance in our Christian action. Martha was known as receiving Jesus into her home and then neglecting him. She was serving. She was encumbered. She was distracted. She was so caught up in serving That you have to ask yourself, was her worship for Jesus a priority? Now, these are just questions. You see, the woman who welcomed Jesus ended up rebuking Jesus out of frustration. Why don't you have my sister do this and that? Don't you understand that I'm doing all the work? It's not fair, Jesus. That's what her attitude was. This is her frustration, and her frustration was coming out. 
and she was being verbal about it. And everybody knew her frustration. And then we come to Mary. Mary is described as a worshiper. A worshiper. In fact, every time we see Mary in the scriptures, she is at the feet of Jesus. A great quality to have. A worshiper is an awesome place to be. A servant is an awesome place to be. Mary has such a passion for worship that Mary poured every ounce of worship she exhausted the contents within her, and so did Martha. They both emptied themselves into the ministry that they had. Mary poured every ounce of worship on Jesus. And the fact of the matter is that worship Listen to me. Worship comes in many, many, many forms. Worship that never works. Is it real worship? When Lazarus died, it was Martha that broke the tradition. Of Shiva, meaning there was a seven day period of mourning. Tradition is doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. It's something that is taught, it's like prejudice in our world. A young child doesn't know why he's prejudiced. He's just prejudiced because this is how he was taught. Where he would have distinguished the difference between nationalities or colors or, or whatever the label you want to put on it. He never came to the potential of deciding this on his own because of how he was taught when he was a very young individual. And Martha, Martha had to step beyond her own beliefs to reach not only Mary, but her brother. Her brother who was in a bad place, a dark place, a place where Lazarus could not help himself. He was isolated. He was left alone. He was enclosed. In fact, Lazarus was described as lifeless. Lifeless. In the same household as these two women, 
there was a man who had known Jesus. Lazarus. But the Bible says that he died of a sickness. Sometimes things befall on our lives. Sometimes Jesus, amen, allows things to happen in our lives so he can pull something from within us. So he can show us things that we did not know that was there. So he can help us, amen, get to that next level, praise God. Because if God never allows things to occur in our lives, amen, we will be stuck, amen, in the very act of tradition. Our own thinking. We will never climb out of the state of frustration. We will never get beyond our flesh, our own abilities. We will always rely on what I can do. When God wants us to focus on what he can do. He wants to resurrect some things from you and from me. He wants to use you and me as a vessel, amen. A mechanism. A tool. To help those that are in a dark place. And so now Lazarus is dead. He now lays lifeless in a tomb just like so many people in our world today. People outside of the church. People within the church. Let me say that again. People outside the church that never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. And people inside the church that have had a relationship with Jesus Christ. But somewhere along the line, something has happened. Something has caused an individual to lose track of what God was doing in their lives. And what God wanted to continue to do in their lives. You see, the distinction, the difference between the world and dead Christianity is evaporating rapidly. Everybody's the same, praise God. That's how the world looks at the church. And if the church is not careful, we will identify, amen, with the world, with the things of the world. That's why people of God live a separated life. That's why the people of God cannot be influenced by the things of the world. Well, I just want to be their friend. It's okay to be friendly. 
But your sole purpose and your goal of being friendly is to get them to the house of God, amen, where God can perform a miracle, amen, where God can resurrect them, where God can use us as a tool, praise God. Remember, they're lost, they're dying, they're in a dark place. And God wants to use us as tools as mouthpieces, as mechanisms to restore. And so the desire of Mary, the worshiper, and Martha, the server, had to be joined together in order for the resurrection of Lazarus to take place. There has to be a joining together. When you serve and when you worship, amen, it stirs something up with God, amen. And God cannot help but move on your behalf. He cannot help but do something, amen, because now your faith is coming to action, amen. And God is moved by faith, amen. That's what moves God. It's the faith of an individual. Lazarus is in the grave. He's bound by his grave clothes. He's already started to decay. He's beyond hope without any spiritual intervention from God. Unless Martha and Mary, amen, link up together, unless they work together, unless they're enjoined together, praise God, Jesus is going to have a very hard time, amen, of showing them, amen, you are the mechanism. Don't fight amongst yourself. Don't be frustrated amongst yourself. Don't do it. And what's so interesting about this is neither Mary or Martha really believed that Lazarus could raise from the dead, rise from the dead. They said, if thou hadst been here, he would not have died, praise God. After all the miraculous things that Jesus had done and everything that Mary and Martha and everybody else was accustomed to seeing, they witnessed it. The healing of the blind eyes. The healing of the leopard. Those that couldn't walk, amen, now they were able to walk. All the miraculous things, amen, that Jesus had did. And now they questioned it. Why did they question it? Why do we question God? Because when it becomes personal, It's easy for God to perform a miracle on somebody else's behalf. But what about me? What about when it comes into my circle of influence? 
Now it's on a whole nother level because now Jesus is not really Jesus, amen. He can do it for somebody else, but that's a lie. His power doesn't stop at your doorstep. As long as you believe, amen, God can perform it. And he wants to perform it. If thou hadst been here. And so Jesus, Jesus gives two commands to those that were around the tomb. The first command was to take the stone away. Roll the stone away. Get it out of the way. You see, the stone was a barrier of unbelief that had to be removed. And if we want to see the impossible, the moving of God, we must step out of the natural, praise God, and allow God to influence every situation, amen. We need to allow God, amen, to move on our behalf. The second command was to loose him and let him go. When people are set free from sin, amen, in most cases that I've witnessed, amen, and I've been doing this for a while, they are still wrapped up in grave clothes. There is still something attached to them, amen, when they are resurrected from the grave, praise God. That's where discipleship comes in, Brother Lonnie. That's where mentoring comes in. That's where you take this individual aside, amen. And even though they might be, amen, a little bit smelly, praise God. Even though they might have some things clinging on to them, praise God. God is using you as a, as a mechanism. A mechanism. But you have to allow, amen, the balance, amen. You have to allow your worship and your servanthood, amen. You have to get out of your comfort zone, praise God, in order for God to use you, amen. You've got to get out of your flesh. The church must play. They must play. We must play an active role. Not just lip service. Not just lip service. When we first moved to Varshugo, and even before that, first started going to the Vancouver church, nobody had to tell me to do outreach. Nobody had to tell me to get a case of water, amen, and go down to Esther Short Park and start passing them out and witnessing the people. Nobody had to tell me that. Why? Because I wanted, amen, I wanted to be used of God, praise God. Nobody had to tell me, Brother Joe, let's go knock on some apartment doors, amen, and let's go to the manager and ask them if we could use their little room, amen, and set up some place for spaghetti, amen, where we could feed the community. Nobody had to tell me to do that. 
It's something that we wanted to do. Why? Because God was steering up something inside of me, amen. And I had to do something in the kingdom of God. You see, my worship, I love to worship God. But in order for me to be effective and to be balanced in the kingdom of God, my worship had to be connected. It had to be joined up with servanthood or action. Faith without action is dead. That's what it says. And no one could deny that Lazarus was dead. Jesus had left him in that state, amen, where everybody knew beyond the three days he was dead, dead as a doornail. Imagine the scene at the supper in John John chapter 12 where Jesus sits between the resurrected Lazarus and Simon the leper who was healed. Two trophies of power, two trophies of grace. And there have been many who have been acquainted with Jesus but are still are still not at the place where God desires them to be. Why? Because they're entangled in grave clothes. They're entangled in sin. They've never allowed themselves to get beyond, praise God, Someone had asked me the other day, he says, how, how do you get to that place? I said, it's real simple, but it's, there's a line right there. And all you got to do is step over that line of indecision, praise God, and say, I am not going back. I am going this way, praise God. And I'm going to listen to the voice of God. I'm going to be sensitive to the voice of God. Is it easy all the time? No, it's not easy all the time. But I've made up my mind, amen. But this is the only direction that I have. This is the only choice that I have. In my mind, there's no other choice. There's no other choice. There's nothing back there for me but total darkness and isolation. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse to be influenced, amen, by negative voices, praise God, by negative actions, amen. I refuse, amen, to allow someone, amen, with a negative mindset to hinder this old boy. I'm moving forward. I'm going to heaven, amen. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. I must see Jesus. And in that journey, it is my responsibility, it is our responsibility to lead Jesus to the tomb, amen. Jesus that lives inside of me, amen. I'm going to take him into a world, amen, so the miracle can happen. So the miracle can happen. 
for the Marys of the church, it's time to put our prayers into action. It's time to put our worship into action. For the Marthas of the church, it's time to set aside our office mentality and step beyond the church walls. Put my faith into action, praise God. For those which are sitting in darkness, it's time to hear the call of the master and walk out of your prison, praise God. It's time. You see, if we want to be effective, if we want to be an influence, every one of us has to make an effort. Every one of us has to make an effort to pursue the things of God. To link up together. To join together. To love each other. Say it again. To love each other. To help each other. Praise God. Why don't we all stand? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. It's our responsibility. It's my responsibility. It's your responsibility to put your faith, your prayers, your servanthood into action. Amen. I'm going to open these altars this morning. Amen. If you want to come and pray, you can. Amen. I would encourage that. If you want to pray where you're at, I encourage that. It's okay too. Please don't leave here without getting an answer from God this morning.